we've got a few people on the line oh, to have a chat we've too. We've got so. Therese and Stephen and Robert. <laughs> All of us. <laughs> Excellent. Oh, oh, I was joking. All three of you. <laughs> Hi, guys. <laughs> Hope that's not too confusing. That makes five voices. Oh, there we go. Oh, well, look, uh, let's be honest. It's the just more the bigger table right? at the pub, right? <clears throat> well, funny that, Simon, funny you mentioned that because the table that I don't know if you're sitting at this specific one, but it's actually the oldest relic in Queensland. Correct. In their cellar door. Yeah. So really? how about we just quickly, yeah, so <laughs> good segue. <laughs> um, Therese, why don't you just quickly start with uh, telling us the story of that before we hit into wine? It predates 1859 when Queen Victoria formed the colony of Queensland. It came out to Brisbane sometime after 1859 and before 1860. And it uh, was the table that was used for the first election uh, discussions with the first Premier of 1860. And it was used then by the Executive Council until the early 90s. Uh, yes the main discussion table where all the decisions were made by the ruling party of Queensland. So you could say that that has seen many, many a fill of lastering discussions, all sorts of uh, activities, both on top and underneath the table, as it were. I'm sure, I'm sure. And I'm sure that wine was involved in some of those activities. So, um, <laughs> uh, so yeah, a lot of important decisions. But it's quite a cool story, and it actually sets up a nice scene for a cellar door visit and experience. I mean, uh, let, let alone the side of why I love your wines and we're actually members because you you produce a, a very wide range of varietals and, and very beautifully. Um, but the actual experience of going to the cellar doors, where you have two of them, is quite special. So why don't you tell us about a cellar door experience? Well, let's, let's firstly just put a, a, a dot on the map. Um, so we're a granite belt, which yes. for some people... Uh, in Melbourne may need some explaining, so you go with that <laughs> or someone. Okay, so Granite Belt is um, it's right on the cusp, right on the border of New South Wales and Queensland. And as much as this surprises many people, it is actually a very cold region. Uh, I think you guys are even, you're close to 900 metres above sea level. Um, oh, close yeah, no, it's... Actually? Pardon? Yeah. yeah. Close to a thousand, yeah. Close to a thousand. Close to a thousand. Yeah, it's really so. People get very surprised. They assume that Queensland wines are all going to be very warm climate, but they're not. Um, even South Burnett. You know, I was there in May last year, and it was it was freezing. <laughs> but uh, what it, what it does allow is for them to um, the area to produce a range of gorgeous varietals, specifically Mediterranean. Like the the Italian varietals just grow so beautifully around there, the Fianas and Tempranillos and everything. So um, so it's it's a great area to visit. It's about three and a half hours uh, from Brisbane. So it's not just a quick jump in the car, but um, it's it's a great weekend away with a lot of beautiful accommodation offerings. And, um, and of course, great cellar doors. So unless you guys want to spruik the area a little bit more, please, please do. Sure. Heritage Heritage Estate is the, the gateway to the Granite Belt, or the Grape Way, we like to say, <laughs> or at the top of the Granite Belt. We have five vineyards um, that covers the area pretty well from top to bottom uh, and out to the west. That mm. uh, altitude that you talked about makes us um, one of the, the coolest climates in Australia. Uh, Tasmania out by a long run, but then Margaret River... Granite Belt and um, 
uh, and a couple there that are about the same all year round. We're the only region that can have sleet in any month of the year. So we're cool in the summer and we're cool in the winter. And yep. that's the big difference is the average temperature across the year that allows us to do... At Heritage Estate, we have around 13 different uh, unusual emerging varieties of our 17 different varieties that we grow. Um, the granite belt is it is amazingly rugged. It has pyramids, both natural and man-made. It has falls that are swimming above the, at the head of the falls, 210 metres high, which is just exhilarating at Banu Banu, at Ngoro, uh, Ngoro at um, Nandabamir. There's, there's incredible water that flows over the granite rocks. It's just such a rugged, beautiful country. And then to have the wine industry in our 50-odd wineries, it makes it an adult playground. So that, that, um, that, that's, that's at two and a half hours from Brisbane, I might just correct you, to, go, to get to Heritage Estate, to get to the top of the granite belt. Yeah, there we go. So you've got the different vineyards in the different areas. So the vineyards up the very top, uh, are they, that's for your white wines? And that's you do right. the rest of the bottom, how is it? Yeah. Mostly our white wines, yeah. Yeah, um, okay. So elaborate on that. So, so most of our whites are grown at Cottonvale. So we're at about 980 metres uh, altitude here. And then our, our Balladine vineyard is at about 840 metres. 780 actually um depending on whether you're at the top of the <laughs> top of the hill or the bottom of the hill um, and that's mainly where we grow our reds so we there's a, there's quite a difference in altitude between those two main vineyards of ours right okay now well simon you've probably got something to ask now I... <laughs> yeah um well uh i think you should you should ask the question of uh uh that mac from caloundra has has um text in Right. Yes. So, um, so this I love this guy. So, a friend of mine from Caloundra, which is for people who don't know, is up in the Sunshine Coast, and um, and back. So he said, "Hi, Jill and Simon. I also love a weekend in Stanthorpe, but often stop at Heritage Estate. I'm always impressed, which I didn't know. I'm always impressed with the range of wines on offer to taste, and uh, but I haven't had a chance to get back there recently. I was wondering where I could buy your wines locally." Yeah, so um, how do we when how do we get your wines? Because I mean I'm a member, so we I'm sorry. Nowhere in Caloundra, but give us a call and, and we'll organise it for him personally. Um, <laughs> Probably better. All right. <laughs> we do supply the Australian Club, um, and we supply a, a couple of select uh, organisations, but that is um, not sort of mainstream. Is yeah. that Australian Club in Melbourne? You mean Melbourne and Sydney? Yeah. yeah. Right. Okay, so we go. That's good. to do that with our Chardonnay. So our Chardonnay is probably one of our most well-known mainstream Chardonnay yes. in Australia. We, mm. we grow. And, um, Chardonnay is currently in the grand final of Wine State Wine, uh, wine Competition 12,000 Wines. They pick the, each one of the varietals and put them up against each other, Shirazes and Chardonnays, and, and choose one wine, and, and that will be announced sometime in August. How many oh, are in the grand final? Uh, we actually have Vermentino and Reserve Chardonnay, two white wines. Wow. 
Nice, very nice. So, uh, I mean, uh, you do have an enormous amount of wines. So they really are all beautiful. The other night, and this is what sparked me to actually contact you guys to get you back on, um, was drinking the beautiful, I think it was the 2019 Petit Verdot, which I am a fan of and I don't drink a lot of Petit Verdots, but it was just so good and I thought I've just got to give you guys a call. And, um, and I noticed that uh, Stephen, um, who I'd love to be able to hear from, uh, has was with you many years ago, then went away and came back just in 2021. So, Stephen, can you give us a bit of your story, how you got into wine, how you started with Heritage Estate, where you went during that time you were away, and what's been happening since you've been back? Okay, so I started here back at Heritage in uh 2000 uh it was more by chance i was doing a bit of vineyard work for another for another uh winery uh which was getting a bit of wine made up here at heritage um i did a few did three vintages here with uh jim barnes um jim then left and went to, to hidden creek uh i followed jim to hidden creek for a few years uh worked worked with with jim uh for another three vintages i believe and then i went off doing a bit of winemaking on my own um around the area for the next next 15 years sort of thing. Um, so, yeah, I've, I've made wine, uh, Harrington Glen Estate, Robert Shannon's, and mm-hmm. before I came back to Heritage, I had Rumbalara for, for nearly 10 years. So, um, And then, yeah, when... And, and I did a little bit with Jester Hill as well uh, when uh, yes. Anne, mm. uh, first first board there, so helped them out just to get, get them up to speed. So... I've been around the Granite Belt the whole time, uh, worked for quite a few different places. Um, yeah, so it's, it's, it's been, been a bit of an adventure, um, sometimes a good one, sometimes not so good, just depending on the year, but yeah. Uh, then come back to, to Heritage 2001, and yeah, it's, it, it, it's certainly changed a little bit here. There's, there's quite a few more varieties now, um, and yeah, we're having lots of fun. Um, we've had a question, sorry, Jill, jumping in. Um, Christopher wants to know how old are the vines? Now, obviously with 17 uh, different varieties, there are going to be a variety of ages, but um, maybe can you summarise that? for how, how old are some of the eldest? Okay, so some of the oldest vines we've got are down at our Ballandine Vineyard. They're just over 60 years old. So there's some right. Shiraz oh. that's over 60 years old. Most of the... the the vineyard here at Cottonvale is is about 30 years old, uh, originally planted back in the early 90s. Uh, some of those varieties have been grafted over to other things since then, but uh, there's still probably half the vineyard on original sort of varietals. So there's there's, there's quite a bit of age to, to those vines. And then, yeah, we've also been planting new stuff for the last three or four or five years now. So so there's new, new vines coming on as well as a lot of the old and Thank you. You thank you. Um, you've uh, when I was talking to you guys the other day, uh, you mentioned that you've just started a foray into the pet nat area. Can you tell us a bit about that? I mean, I, I know you've got um, the uh, straight marsan, and of course, I tasted it the other night, and it's it's really lovely. So tell us a little bit about uh, the pet nat. Well, brother. Oh, I think that's a winemaker question. Um, yeah, well, that, that, that was a little bit of uh, more by chance we, we looked at that. Uh, we had a little bit of hail um, right when it was it was starting to get right into its ripening period. Um, we were worried if we left it to hang out, it may have 
may have got a little bit of rot, so we decided we'd pick it the next day after the hail and and went that way. We've we've never done a pet nap before, so we did a little bit of research. We had a bit of a talk about how we were going to try and get it to, to work um, and then just experimented a little bit. So, yeah, that's our, our first creation with, with PetNet. Um, we've learned a few things how to probably do it better next year and a few things on how to avoid a couple of other issues that we've we've come across. But, um, right. yeah, it's some, something a bit interesting, a bit different. Yeah, it I'm is. I'm just going to in there. It, it, despite those little ups and downs in the making process, the result has been phenomenal. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's a very primitive wine, as we all know, being a single bottle mm. ferment. Mm. Um, and yes, there's Lee's sitting in the bottom and it's a bit cloudy, although it's settling out quite well now. Um, but it's just a lovely, dry, clean, almost cross between a beer, a cider and a wine. And a gin and tonic. With that hint of nuttiness from the... Um, from the mass arm coming through. They've got that, that bit of almond coming through. So it, it's really turned out extraordinarily well. We're, we're delighted. Like a scrumpy pages. I, I would pages. absolutely agree. It's, I, um, I, I've got to say that um, Robert and I felt that we grew, grew up during that process because Stephen was away under the guise of his uh, deputy rural fire brigade uh, leader out at Miles and... 14 hours, day, 14 hours a day with, with about 200 people working under him. We couldn't contact him at all the, the morning of. We were out at the vineyard at about 6am. We knew something bad was up because at the pub we couldn't hear ourselves talking. And the hail went across. Yeah. Um, the, the mayor was in the pub that night as well and we, we, uh, we ended up not talking too much because it was just such a loud deluge. And to arrive at at the vineyard the next morning and not be able to talk to Stephen, we did grow up in a big time because uh, there was some critical hours when we couldn't talk to him at all. And so that's when we made our decision to take off our galoshes and put on our ballet shoes and dance to a different tune. <laughs> it, uh, it really shows off the collaborative nature of the industry up here. Um, yeah. A group of us all ended up gathered that morning morning, uh, it's both mornings, morning and morning, and uh, <laughs> it was good to be able to talk to other people who've been around quite a lot longer about what we might do in that circumstance, and then fortunately sure. being able to talk to Stephen only a day or so later and, and, and find that we'd done more or less the right thing, which was to, 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 to pick the whites, because they were, they were about 10 days off picking, and, uh, and uh, put some desiccants on the uh, on the reds, which just makes them shrivel up instead of leaking juice all over the bunch, basically. Look, um, I'm I'm sorry. No, very good. I was just going to say that I'm um well, I'm going to be the person testament to the fact that you guys really do know what you're doing because I love your wines. Um, and just just before we wrap up, I just want to have a quick chat about your masan. Of course, you that's what you're using 100% for the pet nat. But you do you do have a lovely 2021 masan, which I tasted last night and is beautiful. But you also do a Shiraz masan, which is a blend I've never had before, and it is very interesting. Can you just quickly give us a little bit of um, a background as to why you decided to do the Shiraz masan? Um, well, everybody knows Shiraz Viognier. We've we've mm. got 
plenty of Marsan. There is there is a little bit of Shiraz Rusan being done around the area as well. And because we had Marsan, we thought we'd just play with what the blend would look like um, and just try and play on Marsan as one of our strange bird varieties. So, um, yeah, we, we sort of tried to create something that was a little bit different to a Shiraz Vionia, but still showcase the, sh- the Shiraz as well as highlighting what Marsan can do with Sure. With being added to that, so. And it makes it so vibrant, doesn't it, Jill? It really does. It's um, the amount of characters is great. Now, actually, Marsan is one of my favourite varietals. Yeah, me too. Um, it's just stunning, isn't it? As a blend, especially with, you know, a Roussan or a Viognier or, or just on its own, I really do drink it quite often. I thought it was a really interesting take and I thoroughly enjoyed it. I actually had um, I had a glass last night with just a good old porterhouse steak and salad. And it was just, it was just, it was really nice, guys. So I like it. I like that you think outside the square. Uh, so that, that Shiraz Marsan um, hasn't been sent to Halliday, but our straight Marsan has got 92 points with James Halliday. Um, I did see. Yeah, well done, because it, it is it's very nice, very nice. And I can imagine that would age beautifully. Yeah, it will. It's one of those ones you can put down. I might just mm-hmm. uh, bring up our immersive ex- experiences, agricultural experiences. Sure. We're trying to put the culture back into agriculture. And sure. we have three being the Vine-Dine Journey lunch, the Poets' Progressive Dinner, and the Five Senses Black Tie Degustation. So the Black Tie Degustation um, is eight courses, flambe dishes, smoke dishes with smoke lifting up, a string quartet, starting out with French champagne. And um, we had a bassoon playing last time. We do it once a month. And we called it Five Senses because we also do wine blending, so we're, we're really involving the, the senses with the dinner. And I had trouble with the fifth of the senses, that touch, so a black tie would give us a touch of class, <laughs> so that's where that was born. But it, it is eight courses, silver service, and a very nice. special evening. Now, what, what date is that? Because I, I must be there. <laughs> okay, well, uh, the second Saturday of every month. Oh, fantastic. I can make yeah. that happen. That's uh, that's, good. that's good to know. Okay, great. Thank you. And, and that's around that special table that we we talked about. It. We seat 17 yes. people and oh, wow. it's eight layers of silver, crystal glasses, candlelight, you know, the, wow. the music live in the background there, a, a professional photographer to come and take photographs. So it's a very special Beautiful. evening. And of course, you also have accommodation so people can go along to that and then they stay. So that's a uh, that sounds like a wonderful way to spend a weekend. Right. Yeah, we, we sleep ten. We sleep ten people. Uh, we have had great success lately with our poets' progressive dinner that is on a Friday, and it progresses from riding in the jeep with the first bottle of wine and some hors d'oeuvres, chasing our kangaroos that we have on our property. Uh, the second bottle of wine we take into a secret location in the middle of the vineyard. By that time, it's sunset and we have entrees with the second bottle of wine. Um, the third bottle of wine is by the fireplace in the big main cellar door with the 14-foot ceilings and, and open fireplaces. The fourth bottle of wine we do make people work for. Um, people are allowed to choose their whatever bottles of wine they'd like, about, about 30 different offerings right now, but um, that fourth bottle we 
worked by going through the winery and, and taking off the bungs of the barrels and smelling the ferments. It's a really interesting place right now and just learning how wine is made to finally finish up in the barrel room under the candle, uh, under the chandelier by candlelight. Well, look, it, it all sounds absolutely stunning. And look, I, I, we will have to wrap now. So I just want to, um, so that everyone can find this information on your website at heritageestate.com.au. Everything you need to know that you have a very comprehensive website. So um, check it out. Guys, I'll be in touch because I'll certainly be bringing Mike along to one of those beautiful lunches. Thank you so much for joining all three of you. That made it very fun. Yes. <laughs> heritageestate.wine. It's uh, Oh, sorry, heritageestate.wine. There we go. You know what? I just Google Heritage Estate and it comes up. There we go. So, yes, check out all of those things. It's a great thing to do when you're in Queensland. It's something different to going to the beach. Um, thank you so much, guys. I will be in touch uh, in, in the very near future. And thank you again for sending those samples. Have a great Sunday.